This is Two Girls, One Mic, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mic, the show where our trolley problem is really how do you have sex on a trolley while operating it? I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me, I am my beautiful guest co-host, Natalia Reagan. Natalia, how are you doing today? And are you having sex on a trolley while operating it? I am currently having sex on a trolley. Uh, it's a very slow-moving trolley, and uh, boy, God, is it hard. So yeah, my, my trolley problem is uh, in full effect. Not nailed it yet. You know, mine is just one of those uh, mining carts where you have to go up and down. It's a lot easier to manage. You mean it's a nice hand job, trolley. That's what you're trying to say. It's a, it's a hand job cart. That's okay, Alice. It's fine. You know, whatever works, whatever gets you through the day. I have to say, though, the trolley problem really doesn't work if you're a sociopath. So, I mean, that's why we had to go the complete opposite direction of the normal trolley problem. Because all our listeners, of course, are clearly, well, sociopaths, and we love them for it. Yeah, all 20,000 of you are somehow <laughs> sociopathic. <laughs> that's why we love you so much, but you don't feel anything for us. That's okay. I mean, it would be the first time someone ever admitted their feelings to me, so that's a start if someone did. Email us info at twogirlsonmike.com. Tell us you like us, please. My parents won't. Oh. So, speaking of moral relativism. Uh, yes, Alice. <laughs> Go on. Because this is what our listeners came here for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Porn and moral relativism. Is this a show that discusses anything else? Uh, pretty much never. No, 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 no. I think that's what, you know, the, our pulse is on moral relativism and, uh, and your penis. Uh, we have a guest for the show today, and some of you may have already guessed uh, what we are going to be covering. So first off, we're going to be covering The Good Place porn today, and we have comedian and writer for The Dad, Andrew Nadeau, with us today. Andrew, thank you for joining our little porncast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Andrew, have you ever reviewed a porn before? This would be my first time, actually. It's not going to be your last time, though. No. Was I it mean your first time watching porn? It was not. It was my first okay. time taking notes while watching porn. Oh, uh, how was that? Shorthand, longhand? Go on. I mean, <laughs> I honestly, I love notes. This made it so much more enjoyable. <laughs> I had to organize stuff, break it down in categories. Also, so many more puns than you realize when you write them all down. I was pretty impressed by that, by the way, that they got a pun for every single name. Yeah, they did a really good job covering, hitting all those uh, character names, because there's a lot that you can really mess with, which I, I appreciate. So for our listeners who have never watched The Good Place porn yet, or really The Good Place, so Andrew, I know that you watch a show, I watch a show, Natalia watches a show, but how can we possibly describe this for someone who's never seen it? I was excited when you told me you picked the show because I think The Good Place is one of the best written shows on TV. And... I don't know how they turn that into reports. Basic concept, they think they're in heaven and they're not. <laughs> so it's <laughs> what is conceptually good enough that you would love it, but then turns bad. It seems to be the underlying theme of The Good Place plus, you know, character interaction and it's deep and emotional and funny. And uh, then that plus sex. Yeah. It's a lot. Well, I mean, maybe not in the regular Good Place, a lot of sex. Uh <laughs> no, that was mostly in the porn version. <laughs> 
let's not confuse the two just yet. But yeah, Michael Shore. Uh, so if you've never seen The Good Place, you guys are absolutely familiar with his other work, The Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And somehow NBC decided to give him a show about moral relativism and how to be a better person and discussing of the afterlife. But what's really fascinating to me is how good the philosophy is within the show and all the different references, how accurate they are. Yeah, Alice's description is a lot better there. I went for the very <laughs> surface. <laughs> it was an incredibly deep show, and they dug so much into really distinct philosophy, not just like conceptually what's good and bad, but actually dealing with Kantian ethics. And I mean, they, they did some serious stuff. And I mean, I would have never guessed, I mean, maybe I should have guessed that, you know, in The Good Place, you have the afterlife managed by Ted Danson, <laughs> which isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, whether it's a good or the bad place. I'd honestly be okay with that. If you told me, like, you know what, you're going to get tortured forever, but Ted Danson's going to be there. Yeah, sign me up, man. He's a very entertaining man. He, uh, you know, he's worn many hats. And uh, yeah, no, his his new look these days also is, is is perfect for, you know, heaven on earth or hell on earth, really. But yeah, no, I, I do, as somebody who studies, you know, obviously non-human primates and what exactly, how do we know right from wrong? Do we have a, a biological desire to do right versus wrong? And and if there is uh, any sort of benefit to altruism and, and being good to your fellow man or woman, I find the show very interesting. And, and I think, you know, and I love how the porn itself was also self-referential to that, including the um, overwhelming amount of plot lines that made it hard to keep up with. And that's another thing. Once you get really into the show, there are so many different plots and things that happen and things that they reference where... Okay, so this porn, first off, was 39 minutes long. And I have to say, considering how we've had four seasons of The Good Place, and this porn being only 39 minutes long, the amount of references they dropped was impressive. I mean, aside from other things that which were impressive in the porn. Um. Yes. The four-way masturbation scene was, uh, you know, something of dreams and nightmares, really. I think maybe we should start at the beginning before we get into who did the four-way masturbation scene. Oh, I'm not going to say who did it. I'm just going to just refer to it. <laughs> no, they did drop all the references and cover four seasons in a, in a very small amount of time, including having about 20 minutes, I think, of full-on sex. So they kind of covered it all in about 20 minutes, honestly, if we really like were to, to boil it down like the actual scenes of the actors. So first off, I was really excited when I saw this because... The Goo Place, uh, which is the name of the porn parody, not to be confused with The Good Place or My Bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> the Goo Place specifically is the porn parody of The Good Place that came out September of 2019. It was by Wood Rocket. And, you know, knowing Leroy Myers worked on this and Holly, his wife, you know, directed it, I was so excited because I know they're fans of the show. So I knew that they were going to get it right. What I really also liked is that, you know, like The Good Place, you had, for example, like Lance Hart played the Ted Dancer where it's like, we know this guy, but also kind of like The Good Place where you're wondering who the rest of the actors are. They kind of did the same thing with their casting choices. You're like, I'm not really sure who that person is, but they're nailing it. No, there was good acting, I think, all around. I mean, forgive me. Hold on. I need to look at my reference of my notes of what was his actual name in the porn. Jizz on you? Was it Jizz on you? No, that, that is uh, Jianyu, the G character. But, yeah, but Michael, what was the Michael character? Andrew, did my you? My pole. Yeah. My pole. 
let's start from the very beginning because I felt like they nailed the opening scene. That is my very first note too. I, I love that they did the exact same opening with the close up on Eleanor or in the porn Ellen Whore. <laughs> Just opening her eyes with that big words written on the wall. And what were the words that were written on the wall? In the porn, it was easy come, easy go. I mean, frankly, that applies to life as well. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad match. I I think in the show, it was everything's fine, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, for those of you who've never seen the show, so the show, basically, the really, really simple premise of the first season, the easiest way to describe it is... You have a woman who basically arrives in heaven and gets mistaken for someone else. So in here, you have something very similar that happens. So Ellen Hoare meets with Mike Pohl. Mike Pohl. This is very Mm -hmm. difficult to say. Yeah, Mike Pohl. And we have a point system in the goo plates as well. Now, I didn't expect that the point system was going to be based on sex. But I mean, it's a porn. So what else could it be possibly based on? And it seemed unbelievable until they point out, it just, my poll says very clearly, that's why it's called scoring. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many times did you fork in this lifetime? Now, what's amazing to me, though, is that you had all these references to things that Ellen Hoare did while on Earth because she was a porn star. So what was great was they took a lot of these porn titles. And of course, you can't <laughs> say the porn title in heaven. Gosh, no. So you kind of have to change the names. So you had, and frankly, I want to see all these porns except with the changed titles. Two ducks in my ant hole. Fork my tight pasta. Crumb all over my face. Big crock cream pies. (laughs) Big wet gaping, graping holes. Graping hole, yeah. Tenty forkers and gong bong sluts. Gong bong sluts was slots. a personal favorite of mine. Yeah, that was yeah, my, I've actually got a specific note just for gong bong slots. <laughs> that really won me over right there. Hook, line, and stinker. I want to know though, how do you fit two ducks in an ant hole? Well, uh, as a scientist, uh, you, you have to, this, the ducks need to be very small. These are, these are pygmy ducks, uh, Alice. And are they these are, these are bullet ants. Are they uh, over 18 ducks? They're, yes, they're over, they're pygmy. So they're just naturally small ducks, uh, okay. Alice. And uh, these ants are bullet uh, ants. They're huge. So the ant hole is very large. The ducks are very small. And that is how you get two ducks in one ant hole. God, I love the science you guys bring to this show. Uh, you know what? I, I, I try to do my part. My forking part to to get all my ducks in a row, my mother duckers. Yeah, no, I loved, you know, instead of, you know, balls, we've got bowls. It's, uh, and I do like that she does mention that uh, hell is where, uh, or the, the bed place is where all the Joe Rogan fans go. So I love that. That, was a, that was a nice dig. I mean, yeah. given his, uh, what he's been up to the last week, you know. Natalia, you're referencing something from three lifetimes ago or a couple Jeremy Bellamy's because let's be honest. You don't understand. That reference will be timeless because Joe Rogan does something every week. It's an evergreen joke. It really is. (laughs) And, you know, I have to say, though, I will still not refuse an invitation to that show. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling I'll get cut out. The worst part is saying it's like, oh, yeah, you end up in the bed place with Joe Rogan fans, which really isn't that far from the truth because you end up in some someone's bed place <laughs> and Joe Rogan's in the background. Yeah. And frankly, I mean, I have to say that, you know, are his conversations at least streaming in the bed place because they're like four hours long? I feel like it could be her and him and Stern just kind of on a loop or something, you know, just going back and forth. I'd appreciate that. 
I don't know. What do you think Andrew is in the bed place? Honestly, I had trouble with, I mean, I obviously got the, you've got the goo place and the bed place. I could not discern like the difference. How did other than these words are close to them? It's like, aren't these both the same sounding kind of place? Yeah, I feel like bed is not so bad. I mean, I, I like having sex in a bed. I'm not against beds. I like them. Yeah, I thought I was overthinking it. I thought, oh, maybe this is the point that hell and heaven are the same place. Right? It's like, no, they cannot be. They just, the words sound alike. Stop it, Andrew. And if you want to get really, you know, philosophical about it, good and bad are relative terms. What's good to somebody is very different to somebody else. What's bad to somebody is very different to somebody else. So what somebody's good place is somebody else's bad place and vice versa. So, you know, if somebody uh, has a, a very strong aversion to goo, maybe perhaps they prefer the bed place and uh, missionary and, and eyes closed and lights off and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, again. Is missionary allowed in the good place? I don't know if that was determined, right? That was... Well, yeah, we don't know. It was, oh, so right, treaty instead of cheaty here asks, what, is he allowed to say it was the question, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of the uh, philosophy professor, treaty is our sex ed professor, which they actually fit in a lot of these uh, replacement careers and characters pretty seamlessly. Right? Yeah, they did a good job. And and I also want to point out, he's called Tree D because his D is as big as a tree. But again, this is relative. What kind of tree are we talking about? Are we talking spruce, oak tree, maple, aspondius? Come on. I need details. Giant sequoia. Details. Giant sequoia. There we go. A mighty redwood. <laughs> there we go. Actually, do you guys know that the largest tree in the world is located in California's Sequoia National Park? I think I might have driven through that. Is it one of the one that you can drive through? Maybe. I've never driven through it. Hmm. Have you had sex with it? Not yet. The night is young, Alice. I watched a thing on how they mapped that with the, the helicopters and this new technology. It was very interesting. I learned something that information I can absolutely never use in my life. I love that. Yeah. No, no, no. It's sometimes good to have that, you know, just something to fill up a space in your brain where something vital should go, but you now know how... The largest tree was determined. Yeah. Absolutely. It was good, so good fun. stuff. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys know how big the largest tree is in uh, cubic feet in volume? No. How big? 52,500 uh, cubic feet. Did you know that? Wow. Off the are you looking at? Are you looking this up while we're talking? Or do you Did actually you? know? This? Yes, I am. Did you Wikipedia? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Look, I am very good at trivia. This I googled. <laughs> it was so specific and just absolutely seamless. I loved it. Alice is an arbalist. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, she is a tree specialist. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I was going to say Yvette's an herbalist in this. Oh, she's an know, herbalist yeah. for sure. Absolutely, you're you're the botanist. I was hoping that it would be a, a joke, a punchline about, you know, how big is the tree? Yeah, you know, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I was just going to give you a tree fact. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm. You know how I feel about random tree facts. I mean, nothing gets my, it's, it's like an instant panty chase right, right here. Um, in fact, I'll be right back. Uh, no, but I do like that uh, uh, Treaty was definitely doing all the quotes and things that he does. And there was, uh, I think it was Sponge Dive Square Nuts. Oh, no, no, no. It was Was SpongeBob Square Nuts. And that's actually a callback to, uh, so we did an episode on SpongeBob Square Nuts. Uh, Horrifying costume. Definitely go watch it. But in all seriousness, it was a interesting porn. Uh, What was the quote that he used from SpongeBob Square Nuts? I can't remember the quote. I knew that 7-Eleven said big gulp. I love that. That I do know. That was, that made me, I chortled. By the way, have you guys realized how many uh, brands have slogans that are just innuendos? Just do it. Gatorade, is it in you? <laughs> Yet. 
I mean, I think my personal favorite has always just been, um, where's the beef? Yeah, <laughs> that's really on the nose. I mean, let's be honest. The Wendy's I'm woman it. was just, yeah, not as, yeah. Uh, Pringles, once you pop, you can't stop. <sighs> that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> See, for me, I always related more to a bop it, you know, bop it, twisted, pull it. <laughs> <laughs> Never failed. That's my girl. By the way, ladies, that's how you spice up a relationship. Mm-hmm. Come up with good old slogans in the bedroom. But don't boop it. Boop don't. it is different than bop it. Yeah. Don't boop snoots. It's not a fun sexual position. I I, I learned the hard way. Yeah. So, uh, Andrew, what does Eleanor live in in the goo place? Because this is a slightly different arrangement. Mm-hmm. Right. So, again, a good time with the show where Eleanor is supposed to be someone else. So they give her this supposed Eleanor's ideal house, which uh, in the good place is filled with clown art. In the goo place, it is a vibrator-shaped house filled with pornographic clown art, which really did appear that they painted this clown art for the show. Which I appreciate that attention to detail, but we probably know that it already existed. <laughs> Do you think I really could? It was what so is it? specific <laughs> yeah. and it matched so well. I couldn't figure out if it was already there or if they came up with it just for this. I wonder. I mean, people from Woodrock, if you listen to us, please yes. let us know. And where can we purchase those beautiful pieces? I would love to know if there's a specific artist that for commission will, you know, you could request specific pieces of erotic clown art. So my grandpa, I love to segue into my grandpa during this podcast. My grandpa, uh, Bob Reagan, great man. Hello, grandpa, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> he's not. Oh, wow. If he is, that would be weird. But he, uh, so he's a painter. He's a fine artist and he loves painting clowns, but he loves painting just kind of creepy clowns, almost like intentionally. Sometimes they're not intentional, but they still come off as creepy because they're clowns. But he also uh, has drawn, drawn a lot of angry clowns, a lot of clowns that seem to have a chip on their shoulder. And he also loves to draw nudes separately. And I wonder if I can maybe, I don't know if grandpa will do this, but commission grandpa to combine his two favorite things. I'm going to reach out. I think it's worth doing, you know, seeing if maybe he, uh, you know, he loves drawing butts. That's also a thing for him. So maybe. What a great twist this would be if that was his work in this movie. Oh, my God. Holy shit sticks. (laughs) Is that so unbelievable? I know. It's not. Considering my life, one of my first roles I ever played, actually, um, I worked on the Drew Carey show for years as a a stand-in on the show. And Drew used to have this film festival. And. One of my good friends, who is a, a prop master, did a film called Happy Burger Clown, and it was like a Ronald McDonald character. And I played the wife that the protagonist walks in on having sex with the clown. So my nickname for years and to this day is Clown Fucker or CF. <laughs> and Alice, I'll send you the picture. There's a, a, a fantastic photo of me. Um, and the guy who played the clown is a very good friend of mine who I've stayed friends all these years. But um, I remember when he called me and it, I was like maybe 23 at the time. And he was like, I've got this role that I'd like you to play. <laughs> I need you to have sex with the clown. But Jeff's playing the clown, and in which case it made it safe. But yeah, so I think this funny combination of sex and clowns, I don't know if it mitigates the creepiness of clowns or further amplifies. I'm not quite sure. Now, by the way, if you have a clown fetish, we're not going to fetish shame you. But no. that said, I think I came close to dating a guy who had a clown fetish. I don't know if he was maybe just trying to evolve into being a clown himself or mm. maybe he was he was just from New Jersey. So maybe his spray tan was too heavy. Oh, um, 
And just New Jersey, I feel like is right. Never mind. <laughs> no, you're allowed. We deserve it. But yeah, I've always wondered. I mean, it absolutely has to stem from something in someone's childhood, you know, going into clown erotica. But yeah, I, I can't say I've ever been a clown fucker. Although, I mean, we've always heard about these clown universities, you know. Uh, clown schools. Clown schools. I've exactly. had friends who have gone to clown school. Okay, question. Yes. Can you get an actual clown school degree? I believe, I mean, I believe when you finish, I mean, you have to finish first. I mean, come on, Alice, you got to you know, go, the, go the distance. But I believe, I think a friend of mine went to France to go to clown school. Like, that's like full on mime shit, you know, like that's like. Is a mime a clown, technically? I mean, technically, I believe like, yeah, I, I believe mimes fall in the category of very quiet clowns. Like it's an elective. You can, you right? can take the class. <laughs> I've heard they're incredibly hard to get into. Jesters, that. mime, Yeah. No, not not mimes. Clown schools that they have, they actually are really hard to get into. And yeah, people uh, go to different countries for it. Alice, do you think we should open one? A clown fucker school. So how to fuck someone who's attending clown school? Also, what is the rate of clown school dropouts? We know with college rate dropouts. We don't know clown school dropouts. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I feel like what, what are the criteria for being a good clown other than, you know, I mean, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's different like uh, specialties. Are you sad clown? Are you happy clown? Or again, mime, are you going to, you know, these electives that you can offshoot? Are you a jester, a minstrel? I don't know. Do they go by SATs, ACTs, ABCs? I, I don't know. No, I do, I do not know. Andrew, what do we need to get into clown school? Yeah, I am me. Googling this as we speak. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> it's so one of us is. So apparently this interview was from Steve-O, so I do not know <laughs> how reliable it was. But he said, Exceptionally. It's harder to get into clown college than Harvard based on the number of applicants compared to the number of people that get in. But I have to assume there are a number of people that are applying that aren't that serious about it which is a mockery of clowns, which is kind of insulting. Yeah. They're taking this very seriously. Once you become a professional clown, what are your career options? Serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it, yeah. John Wayne Gacy. I mean, mean, that was like, I bet John Wayne Gacy was an out-of-work clown and just, you know, had to like resort to, um, these are jokes, people. I, I definitely don't think all clowns are serial killers. I know some nice clowns. I met the, uh, the real Patch Adams who was like the only clown that ever made me laugh. He was actually very funny. And it was just in a subway in DC. He was raising money for a hospital kids charity, of course, like he always did. And I had no idea. We thought he was just a clown. And one of the nurses who was there with as as, uh, working with him was very excitedly told us, that's Patch Adams. (laughs) That's so cool. That's so sweet. It's kind of like a lot of things where, you know, the root of it is all sweet and good, but then it kind of gets distorted and, you know, warped and, and can come off as creepy. You know what I mean? It's like that sort of, it's, it's, I forgot, damn it. I did a video years ago for Discovery about why clowns are creepy. And it, it's about that sort of that uncanny valley, but also they're, they've done studies about a smile for like a real, like, hi, how are you doing? But a smile that lasts a little too long. <laughs> It's creepy as shit. And so like clowns that hold that sort of smile that just kind of that wide eyed and it doesn't really move and that that the actual length of the smile and being able to read whether it's a genuine smile uh, further feeds into whether it's it's creepy or not. A few years ago in New Jersey, because of course it's New Jersey, there were people who were just showing up randomly wearing clown masks and being exceptionally creepy. Everything from carrying plastic machetes uh, to uh, stalking children near schools, being armed with weapons. Jesus. So 
I mean, it's 2020. We're in quarantine. Anything can happen. By the way, I just got sent a link to something called Two Girls, One Quarantine by a friend of mine, literally just now. And I'm I'm jealous. I'm literally like, <laughs> son of a bitch. That's us. That's us. <laughs> God damn it, Alice. <laughs> Andrew, you're you're there too. We don't yes. want to exclude you. You're there too. You're you're holding the camera like the fly on the wall. Just that's it right there. Oh God, is that my job? <laughs> No, it's you, not your job the is whatever you job. want. <laughs> hey, you bring craft services. You like it. <laughs> Get me some red vines. <laughs> oh, craft man. services I could do, yeah. Yeah, right? It's not craft service if there isn't like a random five-year-old tub of, of hardened red vines. <laughs> like that is just like, you know, the standard for any show. <laughs> just, I don't understand this job, but I need to participate. Yes. I have red vines. I have red vines. <laughs> Eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's all you have to do to get hired by craft services. Mm-hmm. I like to believe that it's the same red vines on every show. That no one eats them; they just pass them around. Just pass I want to start a business just called Crap Services, and it's just <laughs> it's just the worst craft service. But I just keep getting hired because of the punny name, and people are like it's it's, it's so leftovers. Quaint. Yeah, it's, it's leftovers. leftovers. <laughs> oh, you thought this was craft service. No, it's crap service. I think we're in for a killing. <laughs> Just showing up like, you guys, uh, anyone want to order a pizza? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody? We'll uh, I, uh, my mom made some brisket two weeks ago. I, I got it. You you want some? Oh, here's some red vines. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, going back to the porn. <laughs> yes, sex. So Ellen Hoare lives in a giant dildo and it's mm-hmm. filled with pumping clown art. And yes, this is what happens in the porn. We're not just making this up. It's not from one of her fantasies. So she meets Treaty, aka Cheaty. He's a sex ed professor and he's exceptionally indecisive in this porn about where to fork and how to fork. And what you what I mean by fork is you know what I mean by fork. I don't have to explain he it. He wants to put his hoo-hoo dilly in her cha-cha. Here's my question. Why didn't he get a stomach ache? Right? He gets a stomach ache all the time yeah. in the show, but not in the porn. I feel like they had to be concerned about, do we really want to have people picturing how nauseous this guy is while having sex? Exactly. That we're just going to be worried yes. for her the entire time. He could have had projectile vomit or it could have been the you know explosive uh, diarrhea, which um, last I checked, is, this wasn't a, a German Scheisse film. But I mean, it could have gone a different turn, and I'm glad. I'm glad it did not. I like that they made his because, of course, in the good place, this was him with everything. He was indecisive because uh, he was a philosopher, and understanding what is truly good is complicated, and he's overwhelmed by the decision. And here, it's just sex. You just can't yeah. decide. There are just too many positions, and we only have eternity. So should I do it to- here or there? Under here, yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> I mean, this is why you can sometimes never even get to the sex part because you're too busy choosing positions. Yeah. Who hasn't been there? <laughs> I bet it's like, you know, when you're scrolling through places on like Uber Eats and you can't decide, so you just have cereal instead. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know how many hours of yes. my life I have wasted on Seamless or Postmates? Yeah. <laughs> I How many times I've filled the cart and then emptied it and then gone back. And been like, I but I can get this coupon. Oh, shit, it just expired. Hours. Absolutely. I want those hours back. <laughs> it could be a career. Yes. There are coupons in sex as well. 
So what if the coupon expires in sex? <laughs> so you couldn't use it because you want to use a different position or use the coupon on a different day. Oh, this is sad. That's just adding stress. I can't take all this pressure. I know. I have a stomachache. <laughs> I am, this I'm, is what Cheaty dealt with all the time. Oh. But here's the thing with Cheaty. It was one of those things where he couldn't decide. And you know that his girlfriend knew where she wanted to eat. But <laughs> yeah. like wouldn't tell him. Right. He had to guess before she said, oh, yeah, let's do that. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I do that. I need the push. I need the suggestion so I know mine is the right one. Yeah. Just list like 10 or 12 bad ideas and then we can go with mine. Yes. But if it's a bad enough idea, you just commit to it and she'll just agree. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's tired and wants to eat. This is true. Oh, mine wasn't metaphorical. I was really, yeah, that's just what I do with restaurants. So. Really? That's, you know, you're smart. I don't know. I feel like... My big thing is, like, I feel like I do so much as, like, a single woman, you know, like, a woman that's got, like, a career and, like, trying to juggle all the things and make everything work that I'm, like, I don't want to make one more fucking decision. So a man with a plan is the sexy, like, just having, like, a plan about what to do in the next five minutes is, like, again, instant panty change. It's so beautiful <laughs> that you you know what you want and you're not afraid to say it. And it's like, yeah, because I know what I want in many ways. But sometimes it's nice to just let someone else take the reins. Yeah, sure. You know, pick the goddamn restaurant. <laughs> Please. So we are introduced to uh, a few other characters, Jizanyu yes. uh, and uh, Tahandi. And they're fork buddies because that's what you get in the afterlife. Fork buddies. You don't get soulmates. Mm -mm. And he's a very bad monk that has taken a vow of silence, but not very good at, uh, you know, doing it. Like, of course, the good place and uh, plays a great dum-dum. He's a really good dum-dum. You know, it was probably my least favorite part of the show, just because Manny Jacinto, who, who played Jason Gianyu in The Good Place, is clearly so smart in real life that when he plays this stupid character, it's I was really able to get absorbed with it. Here, it was, I think, probably just in part because they only had 40 minutes to convey a lot, so they had to jump right into him being very dumb. <laughs> yeah. It was so disappointing. No, I, I get it, because... They had to condense it so much that you missed the element of Jason that made him special. Right. And by special, we, we all know he was special in a Florida type of way. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I think the Florida really was. That's where I grew up, by the way. Uh, oh, no. It was, well, that explains so much. Where in Florida? <laughs> uh, Clearwater, just outside Tampa. Yes. Okay. You know, the beaches were great, and that is it. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> everything else about Florida, you know, I lived in a, a nice enough area, but kind of like, you're never surprised when you see the Florida news. It's like, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I knew one of them. Yeah. Well, also when it comes to Florida news, I mean, I believe they have, hold on, let me actually look it up. Talking about the uh, rule? Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, like Florida man? Yeah. There's yeah. a reason actually that there is, um, so here's what's interesting, actually, about Florida. So since 1909, Florida actually has a tradition where that all government business is considered public business and therefore be available to the public. So that means all records, including photos, videos produced by the public agency are easily accessible. So that's how you get Florida man. I mean, let's be honest, Oklahoma man, Montana man all exist. But Florida is really the only state that allows all of this information to kind of make news. Yeah, I assume that other states are just as bad. I think Florida is more 
it's just as bad, but there's also an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> Bikinis. Yeah. <laughs> alligators, mullets, guns. Cops episodes, like all the episodes of Cops, I believe, are, you know, everybody's Nana. Everybody's Nana's in Florida. So, like, you know, I mean. With the worst Florida stories, it's stuff where if you saw it in a screenplay, you think, oh, that's a good detail. That was mm. nice to ask. That was a nice little. Mm -hmm. I met a comedian not too long ago who was saying that he was really proud about, like, one of his arrests actually made it into, like, this, the promos oh, no. and the intro of Cops. <laughs> that's incredible. Peak moment. Can you launch any other career than comedian from, hey, I was on Cops, now I'm a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> you know, next to that is meth dealer. Right. Right. It's no, getting arrested is just your first bit. Absolutely. That's, oh, wow. I was a Florida man. <laughs> God. Here, I have the cops tape to prove it. <laughs> Roll it, boys. So in the porn, we have uh, your Tahani and Jianyu character. You also have Janet, who is instead Jerk It. Jerk It. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little disappointed because, so clearly this episode, because we're in chapter 69, obviously because it's a porn of The Good Place uh, or The Goo Place, however you want to call it. But you have Janet, who's already in love with Jason the Jason character, and she goes back to her, her void and masturbates. Okay, so I have to give the porn credit because you have, instead of one girl masturbating, you have four, okay, well, then again, Janet is not a girl. They make that very clear <laughs> multiple times in the non-porn. But the point is that she masturbates, but there's not one Janet masturbating, there's four Janet's masturbating. And if you've ever wanted to see four of the same woman at the same time masturbate, this is it. This is this is the time, everyone. And with four different tools that she makes use of, uh, we've got vibrators, dildos, uh, what else? Wouldn't look like a butt plug, but wasn't put in her butt. Um, yeah, it was it was a, a real nice menagerie. Why weren't one of them wind chimes? <laughs> right? I know. Oh, my God. Oh. I did like that they added that. That's mm -hmm. uh, Dare Dick, right? Just guy with wind chimes for a penis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although, by the way, guys, I've already Googled wind chime porn and wind chimes on Pornhub and X Hamster and a few other choice places. <laughs> Nothing. Wow. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right? I'm surprised. So this is, yeah, this, they've cornered the market New territory. Here. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you. what are you guys doing tomorrow? Want to make a, a wind chime <laughs> porn? Let me... Uh, it's very windy here. Cam girls, you need to capitalize. Oh, God. You could corner the market. <laughs> exactly. More cowbell. I don't know. I feel like that you could really have a, a full orchestra, really. So here's a kicker. So Jianyu in this mm -hmm. is a sex-crazed monk who's taken a vow of silence. And then you have uh, the Tahani character, who she's a sexual philanthropist. And I've been trying to think to myself, what is a sexual philanthropist? Do you have an answer or you were asking us? I'm asking because I've been trying to think, what is it? Is it, I have some ideas, but I want to hear from you guys. What do you think it is? I assumed it was having sex with the less privileged. That's what I thought. I thought she was yeah. doing her charitable act by uh, fucking the unwanted. So hand jobs for the homeless, <laughs> essentially. Well, so are they less privileged in the traditional sense or less privileged in terms of like bad at sex? I wonder. That's the thing is, again, it's all relative. Like what exactly are these people that, yeah, they can't get sex or bad at sex? Incels. 
Oh God! Then she's no. That that's a martyr. That is a sexual martyr. That is not a philanthropist. That is going above. Uh, no, 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 no. MRAs are ooh, different category altogether. She okay, yeah. Okay. No, you want to be helping the good. Yeah. Again, you know, for relativism, but you know, air quotes, good. Mm, yeah. Maybe she gave like dildos and lube to the third world. I don't know. Because <laughs> that's we what they really need. Use some water, you guys. Not exactly. No, no, just dildos. We just want some clean water, please, ma'am. Here are all your vibrators. <laughs> the lube is edible. Here's the Jacksonville Jaguars brand lube. Just take this. Just go ahead. Guys, all I'm saying is they did the buy one, give one model with Tom's shoes. Why can't they do that with vibrators? Well, there was a, a man complaining that was working at Amazon that basically he was saying that dildos were not essential items and that, you know, stop ordering dildos. And of course, that spawned a, a big debate on Twitter <laughs> about what is essential and what is not. You know what? We are all quarantined, many of us, without our loved ones. Yep. If anything, they're the most essential. Most essential is the stretch. There's someone essential. Yeah. Our hand is tired. <laughs> Give us help. <laughs> There's so many uses for a basting spoon. I don't want to use it for this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's a handy. Yeah, so uh, if you're that Amazon worker, specifically that one who said it's not an essential item, the dildo, uh, email us, info at twogirlsonmike.com. <laughs> yeah, we want to know exactly. I mean, well, I, I don't, I mean, I get it. Like, I found the toilet paper thing hilarious because as an anthropologist, like, what is one thing that humans have lived without for millennia, for just thousands upon thousands of years? Toilet paper. What have we not lived without? Food, you know? <laughs> so I always thought it would be a really funny sketch to have, like, you know, a bunker just chock full of toilet paper, and they've run out of food, and it's like all the recipes you can make with toilet paper, you know? <laughs> but my mom, my mom grew up in rural Kentucky, and we were talking, and she's like, I didn't have toilet paper. I didn't have a bathroom growing up. She had an outhouse. And I was like, what did you guys use? And she's like, catalogs magazines, whatever you can get, like, like the Sears cat, you know, like back, back when you remember uh, the yellow pages and the white pages. Oh no. Yeah. I the mean, brown you, pages. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> depends on your diet. Maybe there's a reason they were called the yellow pages. Right. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. What exactly is necessary or not? And so to Handy's philanthropy can really, um, it has a lot of different takes you can go with. So many options. I like it. So the next scene is so post-masturbation scene, moving on to where Treaty and or Cheaty is giving them a lesson on sex. He quotes Shock G regarding the Humpty Humpty dance. The Humpty dance was my jam, by the way, in fifth grade. I was very excited about this. You have no idea. I still know all the words. Go on. I did research on this. Okay. Andrew, can you believe I did research on the Humpty dance? I'm so proud. Stop what you're I doing. <laughs> So it was done by the rap group Digital Underground and was featured on their debut album, Sex Packets. The single actually climbed to number 11 on the pop charts, seven on R&B charts, and number one on Billboard rap singles charts. But here's the kicker what I wasn't aware of. The single is actually not sung by Shock G. Who's it sung by? His alter ego. Really? Mm, Humpty Hump. And it's oh, actually right. the character's second musical appearance. So Shock G actually created a fictional biography for Humpty Hump. Oh. I'm so much more impressed now. I mean, it was a good song, but wow, I love the detail. Yeah. So the background is actually, and I, I'm not making this up at all. So the story is that 
Edward Ellington Humpty III, mm. the former singer of Smooth Eddie and the Humpers, mm. had become a rapper after burning his nose in a kitchen accident with a deep fryer. And because of that accident, <laughs> the character is seen wearing a large Groucho Marx glasses and nose. But he still gets laid. And all of that is completely made up. The Edward Ellington Humphrey III, the Smooth Eddie and the Humpers, the burning nose incident... I love the attention to detail. The devil's in the details, man. Like, it really is. This is the stuff that makes me so joyous. Who does that? Wait, so what was the first song he really... And then he didn't credit himself as writing, performing the song. All of the credit went to this fictional character? Yes. Wow. So what was the first song he did? Let's see. So the first song he did... Hold on. I've got this. Uh, Do What You Like. Do What You Like. Okay. Did you know that Tupac was in Digital Underground? Really? Yeah, that was one of his first, yeah. I am not nearly as informed as I should be on this. Was this pre or post him being dead? <laughs> oh, oh, Alice. Well, uh, I'm not asking the wrong his question. His career wasn't necessarily <laughs> kicking, if you know what I mean, but uh, <laughs> pre. Okay. I believe Humpty Dance was 89 or 90, and then he died in 2000, or 1996. And I remember when he died because it was a huge deal on the playground plot playground but I was a senior in high school and every like literally like the news that Tupac was dead was one of the biggest things I remember in in senior year of high school just people everyone being and then when Biggie died which was in March of 1997 that was the other I went to an pretty much all white high school but we were very much touched by the death of west coast and east coast rap you know there was that one person who because they saw the young Tupac Shakur visible in the background of the Humpty Dance did the Humpty Dance on Tupac's grave Oh, God, that's depressing. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not saying it was a large group of people. It was one person. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I think I just still like that he created this Humpty character, but his first song was not the Humpty Dance. As far as he knew when he made this character, this had no connection <laughs> to any sort of dance. No. It was good foresight. He knew. He knew what was going to happen. He felt it in his loins, in his Humpty spot. You know, if he had more commitment to the character, it could have been like track number seven or eight from him. Mambo number five. Yeah. I... <laughs> Whatever happened to Lou Bega? I <laughs> loved that song so much when it came out. It was so catchy. It was it so was... catchy. <laughs> Lou Bega. It was summer of 2000. I remember it was like, I remember just fucking rocking out so much to that song. I am so impressed with your musical date release knowledge. That's quick. Clearly, remember how we talked about the problems about the space in our brain where useless facts live? It's all most of my brain is that. What do you want to know some animal facts? Ask away. (laughs) Do you want to know about the the, the hypertrophied clitoris of a spider monkey? I'm all about it. (laughs) And what year it topped the charts. (laughs) But what day of the week it is? No idea. That's a tough one. What's my social security number? Fuck if I know. I kind of want to know, what is Lou Vega up to nowadays? Okay, let's hold on. Hold on. Okay, are we all going to just Lou Vega? Oh, God, I kept saying Lou Vega. It's Lou Vega. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, wait, David Lou Vega, better known as a stage name, Lou Vega, is a German. That was what I was about to say. German recording artist? (laughs) He's German? It's, I mean, I I feel like I'm. And to be clear, he only mentioned nine women in Mambo number five. Yeah. (laughs) It 
feels like more, but that's what happens when you're juggling nine women. Yeah, wow. We have multiple personalities. He was born on April 13th, 1975. He's only a few years older than me. Wow. Okay, so he has, he's got uh, he was born in Munich to a Sicilian mother and a Ugandan father. Uh, this is interesting. Until age six, Bega spent most of his time with his mother, Nicole, in Italy. They lived permanently in Munich where Bega attended German primary school. As a teenager, he traveled to Miami, Florida. Oh, that's where it all happens. Florida. God. Where he found the inspiration for his single mama number five by From the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, my God. Of course he was in Florida. The women. The women. Wait, wait. My first result for people also ask is, is Lou Bega dead? Oh, God. Oh, no. I'm sorry. The, I'm, it, did, it wasn't 2000. It was 1999. I was wrong. I was 20. I should have remembered that. That was bad of me. But yes, um, he squeezed in the 90s. I love that when you people who search for him also search for Scatman John. Remember Scatman John? <laughs> Good times. So Lou Bega, if you'd like to review a porn with us, email us at info at twogirlsonmike.com. <gasps> oh, yes. Lou Bega. Oh, that would be wonderful. You know, I'm fairly confident considering the Kevin Bacon rule, six degrees. You know, I'm pretty certain we have a connection to Lou Bega. I feel like we might. Right? I bet he's listening. Between Florida, the Germans, and then, you know, I I studied primates, and I have a lot of friends that worked in Uganda, and his father was Ugandan. And I just look Aryan. You you do. (laughs) Uh, I'm Jewish, if that helps go any other way. Maybe he'll be attracted to you to come on this podcast for that one reason. He'll be like, I got to conquer Andrew Spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Germany. I think we've got everything. We've got everything. I think we've got all the all the tricks to lure Lou Bega into our two girls and one Mike trap. Two girls, one Mike and Andrew <laughs> trap. Happy to help. We don't have nine women, but we'll try. I just want to. Can you do a podcast called Waiting for Nadeau? Please. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that one before, and I feel very dumb. I've got so much time right now. Honestly, just starting podcasts any day now. <laughs> right? Just any day. Just uh, It could just be one episode, but you can squeeze your whole life into whatever, 40 <laughs> minutes, just like the Goo Place. Just one like four to seven hour podcast. Yes. So. There you go. Just, just like Joe Rogan. <laughs> you can quibby that shit up and just release them in six minutes. <laughs> You record one, it lasts a whole year because you quibby it. Oh, my God. God, that's really a great strategy, isn't it? Well, I remember when Quibi was first coming out, they wanted to, like, buy movies and chunk them up into, like, six-minute to ten-minute bits. And I was just like, but that's not how people write movies. That right. kind of sucks. Like, that's- God, I don't know. How, how would, you, would you even write that? And I feel like Quibi came out at the worst time because, like, right now we want long-form shit. We don't want right. the short-form shit. We want, like, you entertain <laughs> me for five. Like, I will watch – Remember the Hamlet that Kenneth Branagh did that was like six hours long that you oh, got like four intermissions? Though. Yeah. Like, I want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put put on a diaper and I'll watch it. <laughs> no bathroom breaks. Let's go. Honestly, this is, I mean, we are in like peak Kenneth Branagh hours right now. God, anything he could do. It's like, you know <gasps> what? Let, let's take a Tom and Jerry episode, make it four days long. <laughs> I'm all about it. Like, seriously, like, it's almost like slow down. You know, you can slow down songs. Like, let's just slow down Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> and I would watch that on repeat. Just, you know, I don't know. Maybe people, you, hey, you guys, if you love our podcast so much, just instead of speeding us up when you listen, slow us down. <laughs> Take it nice and slow. Make oh, us no. last all night long. Please don't. I'm going to sound like an alcoholic more than I already am. (laughs) 
Oh, no. <laughs> and that's why we love you. But in all seriousness, if you ever want to uh, have someone sound like your drunk uncle at Thanksgiving, listen to Ben Shapiro on slow motion. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I've heard it, yeah. What? Really? I haven't heard that. It's, uh, yeah, like, I mean, just as annoying, but uh, also drunk. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> the socialists in this country are out of control. <laughs> oh, that's oh, the only God. way I think I could digest anything that he says. Not being drunk. One of you has to be drunk. That's the one point. of us has to be drunk. One of us. That's guaranteed, at least, to be me at twenty-five percent of the time. Um, <laughs> so. Going back to the port, you have uh, – We're at Shock G, and then there was a question about uh, a movie. They were asking about a movie, and it was – I think the, act, the movie was Shaw Skank Reduction. Oh, okay. So I had in my notes that you had Treaty, who was clearly trying to teach the nature of fundamental existence and mm-hmm. I guess double penetration. Um, oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I mean, I have written down, I mean, I, I don't know about, because uh, Tahani, of course, is doing some name dropping with uh, the porn version of Morgan Freeman, but I, I could care less about that, even though you could clearly see that they cared about that enough that they did like a blip on the screen for it. For me, I cared more about the storyline where you had the Jason character who was talking about him and his 69-person sex group entering the Jacksonville National Orgy Competition, Mm -hmm. an alligator go-kart race. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) Alligator go-kart was such a good touch. By the way, still an annual event. (laughs) By the way, what the... Okay, I what the fork were they saying when he said, and that was the first van bus? Bang bus. Bang bus. Thank you. I was like trying to, I, li- I listened to it a few times, but he was he was playing that character so dumb, bravo, that I could not understand what he was saying and I felt bad. Oh, by the way, on the blackboard, I don't know if you noticed, I like reading the little fine print and one of my favorites was it said good positions and the Swiss ball blitz really did it for me. I I, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Have we Urban Dictionaried it? What is it? I have it? not. I did not get that far, but I feel like if, it, you know, I, I don't know if they got creative and made it up. I was wondering that too, if all of these were, or any of these were real positions or if it was all just, because uh, the names were all things that was like, oh, this could oh. be, but also I don't know what it is. It looks like reverse cowgirl? Wait, hold on. Just with a fancier name? Oh, no, no, no. You're doing it on a ball. But it's reverse cowgirl on a bouncy ball. You could hurt yourself. That's so specific. It has to be specific in order yeah. to name it. How yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> the Swiss ball blitz. Swiss ball blitz. Were were there Swedish people involved initially? I think, well, no, the Swiss, is are, the, are those called Swiss balls? Those exercise balls? No. Yeah, so, it, so a Swiss ball is those big ass fucking X ball. That makes sense then. A Swiss ball blitz. Is it? Yeah, I didn't know this. Yeah. Me either. Look how happy this woman looks sitting on her Swiss ball. She looks so happy. I did so not happy. know that those exercise balls were initially called Swiss balls. Yeah, and then all you do is to say if someone's sitting, so folks at home, if you're sitting on a Swiss ball and your partner comes in and was like, oh, what do you got right there? And just sits on your lap facing the other direction, like, you know, away from you, like a reverse cowgirl sort of thing, that, that, and you sit on down, that's a, that's a Swiss ball blitz. But again, I feel like this is very dangerous because if that ball, unless it's in a very, um, unless you're, it's a, it's a good core workout. Because obviously you have to, you know, keep your core engaged this whole time or else the ball's going to roll around. So 
I don't know. I feel like this is a great workout routine. I don't know. It does suggest that all of the positions were real then, if this one was real. Okay. We, I feel like we need to go back. I need to go back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know more. I'm personally shocked that the Swiss Ball Blitz has nothing to do with Swedish meatballs or Ikea. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean... Am I too predictable? <laughs> quite possibly, but that's all right. I do like that. Uh, what's Dum Dum's name again? I forget his name. Oh goodness, Jizz on you. That he puts the condoms on his hands. He did mention that he does that because the lube is too slippery, and so. In a post quarantine world, he's super smart. Yeah, <laughs> super smart. He's just ahead of the game. We thought he was an idiot, but no, he's, he's smarter he's than all of us. But um, there is that moment that. Uh, Ellen Hoare finds that VHS tape and it really just sort of changes everything. It's it's like that moment where nothing well, is ever the same. She found Cannonball Come 2, which is different than um, the original where in the regular it's Cannonball 2, where it's her and Chidi having sex. Now, personally, I'm a little bit more surprised because here's the thing. In the porn Chidi and her have sex and he's a mailman, but I'm shocked that he's able to commit to character and he could choose between being a mailman or being from UPS or from FedEx delivering a package. <laughs> like, how was he able to commit to character? <laughs> I think, I mean, because they had him the same uh, hat in The Good Place, right, as this yes. fantasy. So I assumed it was the same thing there where he's now done this enough times that Eleanor start to be, was able to help him make decisions. Because, yeah, as we find out, obviously, they've already restarted a few times. But I was surprised they didn't show us that sex scene. They just kind of fast-forwarded through it. That was yeah. 30 seconds. It there was, was, like, surprisingly little sex in this. There was, you know, really one scene plus the, well, solo scene, but with four of Janet's. <laughs> that counts as four. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> four different money shots. Right, so is that a solo scene or an orgy? You have to pay her four different times for that solo <laughs> scene. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. The budget was there. They really phoned in that sex scene. It was, uh, you didn't even see, there was no penetration. It was just, it was, it definitely felt like they were, that was kind of the style they wanted to have rather than really going balls to the wall, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Now, they had a group orgy with all the characters, but before we go into orgy, mm -hmm. so. Oh, yes. Eleanor, because she sees this VHS, she's able to realize she's in the bed place because the sex tape, instead of a post-it note, is a reminder for herself. Aside from that, she's able to use different clues, such as, like, she sees fire demons humping outside, which, by the way, kudos to the production team because getting actual fire demons to hump each other on tape, very hard to do, and they had that here. It was very accurate. I didn't even think for a second they weren't fire demons fucking. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they also included, okay, so here's my only contention. So they had Derek in here, they didn't call him Derek, but he says, like, hi, guys. Uh, and he has wind chimes where his ding-dong should be. Okay, I know that the character who plays Derek doesn't do any sex scenes, and he's part of the Wood Rocket team, and he's fantastic and obviously did a fantastic cameo in this. But I kind of wish that wind chimes were used in the orgy scene. <laughs> yeah, like if he was just like playing, like just sort of like, you know, just like shimmying around, you know? Even like, if it was like a solo masturbation scene where he was in on the side just <laughs> playing with his wind chimes. I know, that was, a, that was a missed opportunity. Right. And they rarely, they're so good. I feel like Wood Rocket does a very good job with these porn, like as far as covering all the names, getting all the puns, all the little details, but that would have been nice. That would have been a nice touch. 
what did they have um in they had flying butt plugs what was it in the original i'm blind right now in the was she had falling shrimp Mm-hmm. That's it. So instead of shrimp, we had a flying butt plug. That moved too smoothly. There was definitely also a lack of shrimp in here. Which was the only hint for her, by the way, that uh, <laughs> otherwise it was reasonable that it glided so smoothly <laughs> was the giveaway for Ellen Horace Shell's strap-on. <laughs> it's, I, I don't think we mentioned the last name. Right, so it was Ellen Horace Shell's strap in the show, but Ellen Horace Shell's strap-on here. And uh, the windchime guy I found out in the credits was Dare Dick. yeah. Dare Dick. God, they hit everybody. He really, he did a good job. I was engaged to a man named Derek and that we, we I sometimes used to call him Dare Dick. <laughs> it hit home. I was like, hey, he did not have wind chimes for a penis, but. Um, he, oh, he disappointing. I mean, what was also great is Michael, who was played by Lance Hart in this, also tried doing a burn at one point and it didn't work. Mm. So it landed perfectly, frankly. Absolutely. It was a good, one of my favorites though was, just because it was one of my favorites in The Good Place was the, uh, explanation of how time worked, which was the Jeremy Baramy. So it's not a circle or a straight line. Time happens to work in an order that resembles the curse of words, Jeremy Baramy, which they explained in the, here, I've got the the quote here. The Jeremy Baramy is a gay porn star who controls time. Honestly, not far off. And it was, it was just a great tie-in. Yeah. No, they did a good job tying it all together again, covering, because I feel like that, I mean, that sex scene in the end is, is a good, I feel like it's almost half of the whole porn. So it, they really did include a good, I probably even 15 minutes because I think that that four-way masturbation scene also was about a good five minutes too. So like they included a lot of, of content, a lot of puns. And uh, I thought they did a very good job summing it all up, coming it all up. How weird is it that the person who has, um, or not even person, because technically Jana is not a person or Jerkin is not a person in this. How weird is it to have someone who's technically not a girl who's masturbating four ways? Yeah. I mean, think about that. It's artificial intelligence. Yeah, I think that was the pause from all of us was us suddenly realizing, is this weird? Because it's like a, a sex doll if the sex doll was just doing stuff when you weren't there. Not to undersell Janet. Janet was amazing, of course. Yeah. By the way, if you've, you don't have an idea of what Janet is, she's neither a biological being, she's not a robot, but she does have the knowledge of all existence, and you get to see it touch itself four different ways. So, I don't know. It was how a do you lot. Feel about yeah. It? yeah. If it has the knowledge of everything, then it definitely has the knowledge of how to do that. But yeah, it, it, is a, it definitely does mess with one's brain. And much like Q, you know, at the very end, you have Michael who, you know, says that they... Oh, so by the way, the reason that they do the orgy is they have to have enough points to prove they've changed as people. So in this case, it's, you know, assuming you have to get enough points to get into uh, the goo place as opposed to the bed place. So that's why they have the orgy, just to be clear. It's not an unreasonable orgy. There was a whole point to it. No, it was done with an actual purpose. I do want to point out, though, that my poll calls her Dick Tracy. And that was the first time we heard the D word because I'm surprised you didn't call her Duck Tracy. But yeah, no, they were doing it for the greater good of the group. You know, it was an orgy with a purpose. I mean, I like to plan most of my orgies with a purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. we, we've got stuff to get done here. Yeah, exactly. We got to get to heaven. <laughs> I was also surprised that they cursed during the orgy because I, I missed Dick Tracy. I figured maybe they're making an exception for the name. But yeah, no, they cursed pretty freely during the orgy. So I guess the rules pause when you're having sex. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess, yeah. Plot holes. Plot holes, man. That forks it all up. Mm, (laughs) It really does. Got to stick with it. But it was a good, it was a good orgy. I felt like, you know, there was a a lot of, I did fast forward through some parts because I was like, okay, we get it. Oh, they're still, okay, they're they're still, fuck, okay, got it. But they kind of stuck with their people too, you know? Like the people that started with kind of ended with their people, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, it was uh, my poll and uh, Dehandi were together pretty much throughout. And then we had, uh, what was it, Jerk It and uh, Jizz On You. And then uh, it was Ellen Hoare and uh, Treaty, which makes sense. That was like no brainer, you know. So what we're saying is if you've ever wanted to see The Good Place porn and uh, you you were wondering, how does it live up to the expectation of if you watch A Good Place, is, is this canon? Look, it's not technically canon, but you know what? It works. <laughs> they nail all the parts that you should care about. They nailed each other and all the parts, I think. They, they, they did a pretty good job. I mean, and it ends in a goo place, honestly. I mean, it really it ends with a nice facial. It is a... It's, it's a oh, I was going to say it ends in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Look, personally, I'm just disappointed. If this wasn't shot in a library in Arizona, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> But I think we can all agree we're going to the bad place for watching this. Yeah, and that's okay. That's where all my friends are going to be. So you know, it was worth it. Yeah. You mean Joe Rogan fans? Oh no, oh. <laughs> that's that's just the bad place. That's the extra bad place. Oh man. By the way, if you're a Joe Rogan fan, please email us because we don't care. Uh, we're going to just probably delete those. Um. <laughs> I don't dislike Joe Rogan fans. We're I just not think saying we do. I, I just I'm say not going to read it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want your goddamn emails. I'm really not going to read it. <laughs> Just started with Joe Rogan fan here. Okay, delete. Yeah. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't care if you say, oh, you're in a quarantine. You have time. No, I don't. No, I don't. I have a set schedule. It's There's made a- up. It's arbitrary, <laughs> but it's a set schedule. I got a lot of stuff to eat here. I have. Yeah. And it's not going to eat itself. <laughs> <laughs> I have some sobbing to do in the corner over there. <laughs> some rocking back and forth in the shower. Oh, by the way, I want to mention, mm-hmm. um, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but um, doesn't uh, Lance Hart, who plays Mike Pole or Michael uh, from The Good Place, look like Adam from Adam Ruins Everything in this porn? Oh, yeah. I think if his hair was more um, vertical. I'm trying to picture it with the big hair, right? Yeah, it was more vertical. You know, it needs more a bouffant or a, you know, thing going on. But yeah, he did have an Adam Covenor thing going on, which uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I think Ted Danson is probably the hardest person to portray because his physicality, his expressions are all so good. It's, it's you know, it's all about the details with him. Yeah, Ted Danson is national treasure. Absolutely. You'll always be Sam. I mean, it's very hard to hire Ted Danson out nowadays. I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> they, they tried to get him. He wasn't available. <laughs> I don't know. We're all kind of bored now during this quarantine. I wonder I wonder how much uh, amateur porn is going to come out of this oh. phase, you know? And yeah. I mean, well, like it's you know, a lot of people making fun of cam girls or giving cam girls a hard time. Like, who's laughing now? Right. <laughs> you know? Guess who's still employed or even more so? Well, here's a kicker. So the other day I decided, so a lot of people have uh, messaged me 
saying like, when are you going to make an Instagram for your dog? And I've committed <laughs> to making an OnlyFans for my dog. This is good. I'm not kidding. I've made good. an OnlyFans for uh, my dog's name, by the way, because I'm a pretentious asshole. Uh, so a shorthand, it's Teddy, but it's uh, Fido Teddy is the third. Uh, sure. No Aww. relation to the first or second. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you go on OnlyFans, you could follow my dog at Teddy the Dog. Oh, my God. Do you have subscribers? Not yet. Not well, yet. Maybe. As of this episode, I might have one or two. Who knows? Okay. That's funny. But all I'm saying is the content is free now. We never know what's going to go behind a paywall. Maybe it's him humping a pillow. We'll see. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, Alice. And I respect that about you. You're a true businesswoman. Right? Look, in a gig economy, you have to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. And why not exploit your animals? Aww. <laughs> is it exploitation if he enjoys it, though? He's asking for it. Oh, <laughs> oh Teddy. He's a good a boy. I have chickens in my backyard. I don't know if I should do a fans-only chickens. Why not? I mean, they're Brooklyn chickens. It's weird. It's strange to have New York City chickens, but it's what I got. I have a cat. If I leave my, It's funny. If I leave my front door open and my back door open, if I leave the front door open, a cat walks in and it's not my cat. I leave my back door open, two chickens walk in and a squirrel. And I'm not kidding. This is not a joke. It's not a euphemism. I literally have two chickens and a squirrel that like to visit me daily. Natalia's not talking about, you know, when she leaves her nope. back door open, that Cox and Bush come in. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I mean, sometimes, sometimes we used to have a, a, a giant rooster named Audrey, who was my large and resplendent cock, but he passed away last month. And so now we're just left with chicks, lots of chicks. It's uh, deeply upsetting. So, Andrew, any final words on the porn or Florida? Yeah. <laughs> God, so much. <laughs> the, the porn really did capture that, that Florida attitude very well. No, I, I thought it was it was good considering they were dealing with a very complex show with some absolutely fantastic writing and acting. I felt like the key here was just kind of hitting all of the big jokes that we wanted to see what they were going to make dirty. And I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the multiple characters and all of them, I feel like they did a very good job. I mean, they I thought they looked pretty good for, you know, comparatively to the actual characters in The Good Place. And, you know, they, they for acting, for, you know, porn acting is, is not always, uh, you know, the best. And I think they did a pretty good job living up to those roles. I was a fan. I am a fan. And even the costuming. I mean, oh, the yes. Eleanor costume, she was wearing like even the same exact shirt as Eleanor from The Good Place. I think that they actually, you could see they cared about the characters and the content. So, you know what? It worked for me. And uh, if if you took something out of this, as in, you know, what Lou Bega is up to or. <laughs> Did we get an answer to that? Can what's we, can the we go Swiss, see Oh, yeah. What's the Swiss this? ball blitz? Okay. Hold on one second. What I the didn't, Swiss ball blitz Hold on. Um, let me get back to Lou Bega because I, I felt like I failed you here. So Lou Bega, we know he's German. We, we, we know at least was... taught you how big the largest tree is. Okay. So career, <laughs> where is he? Hold up. Okay. So in. Wait, this is 1983. I need to know now. Appearances, what is happening? 1983? Yeah. It was eight. I know. That's why it was, oh yeah, I think it was, he covered songs by Sade from the 80s. Okay. So appeared in the media. Let's see. I mean, what if he was covering Sade songs now? So in 2009, oh my God. At a wedding. Scatman and Hatman featured Scatman John. Was he on this song? 
Scatman and Hatman. He might have been Hatman in the Scatman and Hatman duo. In 2013, he did a song called Give It Up. In 2010, he did Sweet Like Cola. In 2010, he did Boyfriend. Oh, we don't know. Let's see. And then 2007, it was Conchita. I guess I'm not surprised he's done other songs, but a little disappointed. Yeah, I was hoping that he would kind of like, you know, quit while he was ahead and just, just, that one song just do that and one do song. concerts of that one over and over again. Yeah, and just play it on repeat like I did in summer, summer of 1999. Me too. Um, much to the chagrin of everybody in the neighborhood. <laughs> he would be touring with the Macarena girls. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But I just love that he teamed up with Scatman because he kind of is that – now that song's stuck in my head. Okay. So that's where you are, Lou Vega. I don't know if he's, there's any recent – Lou Vega just stopped after 2009. <laughs> Lou Vega just ended up, I don't know, what if what did he end up doing? Doing something like, what, some shit like Holistic Healing or Star Construction Company? Okay, so- I hope he's still touring. <laughs> Lou Vega knows why you're still dancing to Mumbo Number no. 5, according to Vanity Fair. And this is in 19, uh, or 2019. So he's consulting? This is, this, is, this is what he says. Yes, he's consulting. Lou Vega knows exactly why Mumbo Number no. 5 has endured. There's two levels. The superficial level that we all enjoy. We dance to it. It's joyful, Vega says of his 1999 mega hit documenting a series of trysts with Monica, Rita, Sandra, Tina, and so on. Then there's a deeper level. When you actually listen to it as a song, the first verse is about repentance. (laughs) So he became an English teacher. (laughs) It's about repentance, actually. Wait, what? Did he become an English teacher or a priest? (laughs) I remember the part where he just sings about women a lot. (laughs) I think it was just a superficial level for me. (laughs) I missed the rest. We all enjoy ourselves. We all have our hangovers. And we know it's not really good for us, Vega says now. That song is speaking about it, but in such a cool way that you don't feel blamed for it. Well, yeah, because he never apologized for any of it or repented. Yeah. like (laughs) is like correcting it, not celebrating it. Interesting. Yeah, I don't feel like there was a, a a very a lot of remorse for the womanizing. I didn't I didn't get that. I didn't get that vibe at all, Lou Vega. Maybe we're just not deep enough. You know, maybe we're not. It was very uh, in tone with Shaggy's. It wasn't me. It, yes, right. exactly. It really, right? really. Yeah. It stop. Also, Shaggy. What are you doing nowadays? Shag- yeah, <laughs> this podcast. Shaggy. Shaggy would be a great. I feel like a, a Shaggy Lou Vega uh, tag team would be just out of control a tag team yep i said it i said it mm-hmm. yep oh man oh man his real name is orville richard burel cd Wait, how oh, shaggy's yeah. or uh lubegas yeah. no uh shaggy orville orville why would you have that name and change it that's beautiful he's he's jamaican so i don't know i mean i'm because i know that uh, also genuine has a really great name as well um, i'm shocked genuine is not his real name I know, right? But where is his real? I actually just did a thing. I did a show about Andrew. Is Andrew your real name? As far as I know, I mean, I wasn't there when they picked it. Honestly, I just believe my parents. Now I'm suspicious. You know they're probably liars. <laughs> Genuine's real name is Elgin Baylor Lumpkin. That's a lot. That's a lot. Okay, I, I Otherwise known as Genuine. So that I kind of understand, you know, well, you know, it's a it's a mouthful if you're, you know, going to be singing about Pony and get up on it and all that kind of stuff. Next, you're going to tell me that Cisco and Vanilla Ice have other names. I, I don't believe you. <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot is not, yeah. Wait, okay, wait. Here's a really shocking turn. I'm also in the same uh, Lou Vega article. 
I admit, in 2001 when I was supposed to bring out the second album and 9-11 happened. <laughs> Nobody wanted fun songs for a long time. It's... <laughs> God, that was such an unexpected end to Lou Bega's career. <laughs> wow. So Without 9-11, who knows what Lou Bega might be doing. Oh my God. <laughs> That is a huge turn. I, I, yeah. I, That's why you got to finish articles. <laughs> I, I didn't. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm so glad you read the first part. I was able to just skip ahead. <laughs> I know. I'm glad. Now I, I know. Uh, wow. That's. Uh, oh, my God. Wow. If it wasn't for 9-11, <laughs> we could have had Lubeck. Oh, my God. I mean, that, is, that, is that the deepest, the darkest loss of, uh, oh, wow. What did Osama Bin Laden do? He took away Lubega from us. We could have had so many more bangers. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm crying. Oh, God. God, I love a good twist ending. That, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. These are, these are tears of freedom. <laughs> Oh my god. Can you move on now, Alice? No. <laughs> it was I like just he was handing in Mambo number six to his producer. <laughs> and he's like, no, turn on the news. It's done. It's done. <laughs> We're finished. <laughs> the terrorists have won. <laughs> I wish he put out like an album of sa- like 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 you know, I don't know, just sad <laughs> misogynist songs. You know what I mean? Right. Like Lubega, now's your time. Just Come all back. the women we'll he dated. That- <laughs> We're not done with you yet. We need more. Oh man. I hope this starts to come back. <laughs> this is this is my this might be the turning point, you guys. So this podcast is dedicated not only to Lubega, but we have some patrons to thank. <laughs> this is a great segue. <laughs> so this week we want to thank Peter Hawkskull, Rich Wendling, Ken Dale Stringham, Ivy Song, James, Jason Prater, Aiden Ferenstock, Brian Gowdy, John S. Bethany Nicole, Carl Corwin, and many, many others. And uh, by the way, if you want to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash two girls on mic. Unfortunately, Lou Bega will not be joining you there, but we will. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, where can our listeners find more of you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at the Andrew Nadeau. That's N-A-D-E-A-U. Uh, when we get back to the real world, I host uh, Spitfire Comedy at I.O. last Thursday of the month. And since we can't currently leave the house, I am uh, producing a streaming comedy show uh, at cabinfevercomedyshow.com. That's every other Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Next one is May 2nd. Awesome. It's been a lot of fun, yeah. Natalia, where can our fans find you? Oh, uh, having an existential crisis on my couch here in Brooklyn. Uh, no, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Natalia13Reagan. I also have at, at Behold Natalia on Instagram, where I behold all sorts of flora and fauna using my bad David Attenborough impression. And I have uh, science comedy videos on YouTube. And I also host the Star Talk All Star podcast. So if you Google Star Talk All Stars and Natalia Reagan, you can find all my anthropology themed podcasts. Woo! Awesome. And you guys can find the show at TGM Podcast on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all the places, Instagram. We try to post there, but we're, we're doing our best. I mean, that's all you guys can expect from us, right? And you can find me, Alice, at Rational Blonde on Twitter. And of course, next week as well. And if you love the show, please tell your friends. And if you don't love the show, 
I guess still tell your friends because someone will find it interesting and maybe listen to us. But tune in next week and thank you for listening to us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.